4: And a very good Friday morning to you hoping we find you all in great form. You've had a good week and that you're looking forward to the weekend. We're with you until one o'clock today. Bernie's taking your calls at 1850 Anything you want to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. You're listening out for a sound effect today on the programme <laughs> That, I'm told, is Wendy's, Wendy Witch's cackle, okay? When you next hear Wendy Witch's cackle, we will be asking you to dial eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three and be caller ten in order to win for yourself a free family pass for the family friendly Spooky Town. And we are emphasizing that it is family friendly at Foot Island uh, Resort uh, because the really small kiddies can go along as well. Because sometimes some of these spectacular events can be very spooky. And are more aimed at maybe older children, teenagers, and adults. That's not the case at Spooky Town at Fota Island Resort. It is a day out for all of the family. Okay, so we've got a family pass, and the family pass is for a family of four people. We will have three winners on the program today, one each hour, and then all four names will go back into the hat, and one of our Listeners will get their prize upgraded to the family pass along with dinner four four, so it 's a terrific prize. So once again, this is the sound effect. <laughs> sometime before 11 I will play it get dialing and you will be asked to get dialing at 1850 333 103 so make a note of the telephone number please guys if you don't already have it stored in your phone and can I give a quick mention to a coffee morning that's on as we speak I was asked to mention at the top of the programme because it's on now at the Clonacilty Parish Centre running until half past 12 today and it's a coffee morning in aid of the Mercy Hospital Pediatric Oncology Outreach Service. So, if you're doing some shopping in Cl- Clonacilty this morning, can you pop into the Parish Centre, please, and support that coffee morning? Also, looking for your. Thoughts and comments and quotes, please. If you are a young person or you have a young person in your house who's been trying to get car insurance because this kicked off yesterday when a listener contacted us and said, Patricia, would you ever bring up again the cost of car insurance for young people? And in particular, young people who went away got their full licence and then have been gaining experience by driving around as a named driver on Mammy or Daddy's car. And now they're coming to a stage in their lives, normally in their early 20s, where they're trying to get their own car and they're trying to get their own insurance. And of course, we all know the sooner you get your own insurance, the better, because you're then building up your no, all your own no-claims bonus. But wouldn't you imagine that the insurance companies would look at somebody's driving experience while driving on Mammy and Daddy's car and if you're able to prove, look, this young lad, this young girl, young woman has been driving away, hasn't had any kind of an accident and they've been a named driver for the last number of years, wouldn't you think that that would go some way towards establishing their no claims uh, bonus? Now, we've heard of one young man in the area who got his full licence at 17. Obviously, one of these guys who took to driving immediately because when you can only get your learner permit when you're 17 and then you've got to be you've got to wait six months before you can apply for your licence so obviously within that first year he applied for his licence a full licence from age 17 the last four years four full years he's been driving around on his parents' car as a named driver so he's gained a lot of experience now come to the stage 21 wants to get his own car Uh, so he's, he's bought his own car sourced his own car now trying to get the insurance and this is where he is coming a cropper he initially applied you know put in all of the details online I'm assuming and two quotes came back from two different companies one for 4500 you think your name must have fallen off the chair and then the second one for 4800 absolutely ridiculous sums of money I don't even know what the young fella paid for the car but he, he may have actually got the car cheaper than what they are trying to quote him now They're battling away. They have it down to 2,100, but they're not even accepting that. They're they're still fighting on, but they have it down to half, less than half of what they were uh, originally charged. And that got me thinking. I remember last month, the end of September, the the AA said, they brought out their monthly survey, you know, showing the cost of petrol and all of that. And then, always once a year, they bring out a report showing how much it costs to run a car, and it's usually a typical family car. And they go through everything, you know, they go through the wear and tear of the car, the amount of petrol or diesel the family would have to buy, road tax, you know. They also look at maintenance on the car, if the car go to an NCT, and you know, all the general servicing of the car, everything like that. But obviously, insurance is always a huge, huge. Uh, issue. And for the second successive year, the CSO findings in relation to insurance showed a significant year-on-year year drop. So you're thinking, happy days. But then Conor Faulkner of the AA was quoted. He said, well, you know, that was a very positive development he admitted last month. They were still a long way off from truly fixing many of the issues in our insurance system, which contributed to price rise, rises that we all saw back in 2015. Now, he, he does... he has admitted that it's true that some progress has been made during that time but he said with each passing month it seems to feel more and more like the government have moved their attention to other matters, and motorists, when it comes to their insurance, are simply been forced to just get used to paying higher insurance car costs. And he said last month, when they were launching their annual report on the cost of a car, he says it's particularly true for anyone with what's described as abnormal or non-standard driving history. An abnormal and non-standard non-standard driving history includes young drivers but it also includes returning immigrants how often have we heard from returning immigrants coming back into this country the case I always give is the guy driving around New York for 20 years never had an accident I mean he had a problem getting a licence and then also he had a problem with his Car insurance. He was deemed as if he was a first time driver, as if he's never been on the roads before. It's crazy. And Conor Faulkner said those two groups of people are still seeing massive insurance bills, particularly in year one of driving in Ireland. And it just seems really, really unfair. So we were looking for your thoughts and comments on that. And if you have any examples, it's always great. Like that example of that young lad, 4,500 and 4,800. So if if you have examples to share and then did you battle on and did you manage to bring it down and how much did you bring it down by, uh, please. Hi, Patricia. My son is 22 and he got insurance on his own with a company called Cover in a Click. Okay, cover in a click, one thousand one hundred euro for third party, and that's on a zero five car. If you're a named driver on your parents' insurance, you build up driver experience, and that's taken into account when you want to go out on your own. But the key is don't break your policy, as if you do, you need to start all over again with the driving experience. And I think for most young. guys and girls when they do get their licence and they do stay on mommy and Daddy's insurance policy policy, they normally don't break it unless maybe they move away maybe if they go to college or they're going to be living away for a year of course then they'll probably come off the policy but for a lot of people they will stay on the policy so it seems to work for some companies but it doesn't seem to work for all so if you have an example of that please please, uh, share it with us and can I stay on learner drivers, and then when you get your licence. Mary in Dunmanway says her son passed his driving, uh, did his driving test and he passed. Congratulations to him. He's a 20-year-old. This isn't to do with insurance. This is to do with the physical driving licence. He waited a few weeks to get his full driver's licence. He was then told he technically was not supposed to be unaccompanied on on the road. He was still considered a learner until he physically had His driving licence in his hand. It was the person at the driver's licence office when he went in to get his full licence told him that. So Mary shared that with us just to warn others because most people would assume that as soon as you leave the test centre with the piece of paper in your hand to say you've passed, I think most people would have assumed well I'm okay now to drive unaccompanied according to the driving licence office until you physically have the driving licence in your hand that shows you are a full you have a full driver's licence. Up to that point, you must be accompanied. I don't know if anyone has ever been stopped by the Gardaí and that that has become a problem. But anyway, Mary sharing that with us. Thank you for that, Mary. And there, I've just had a report in from our traffic court to say that a crash has occurred just after Murat headed for Enniskine, and one side of the road is blocked. OK, one side of the road blocked. The just after Murat. Heading for Ender if you're heading in that area, I imagine you can expect uh, delays. 1850 Now, coming up on the programme this morning, we are going to discuss food supplements and things like vitamins and minerals and VAT. Now, this is an issue we, have, we discussed at length earlier this year and certainly last year when it was first mentioned that food supplements and our own Annalise Triselle of the Health Hub in was probably the first to draw our attention to it and was explaining to people who regularly take vitamins and minerals and they do it in order to keep themselves healthy others do it because they are unwell, and they find that taking vitamins and minerals and, and other supplements actually helps with whatever condition they have All of them had a zero VAT rate. Suddenly it was decided they were going to increase to 23%, which was a huge jump. Something from zero to go to 23%. It would mean something that at the moment you would pay 10 euro for at zero rate would increase and would go up to. €12.30. I mean, that is a big, big uh, increase. So there was a big campaign. There was a lot of our listeners got involved in it. There was certainly an online campaign that lots of people uh, were signing. And so much pressure was put on Revenue and the department that back in, it was meant to be introduced on the 1st of March, they deferred it and they said, well, we're going to hold off on this. Now, they did defer it And I checked this yesterday. They did defer it until the 1st of November. It kind of went off everyone's radar. Everyone sort of had forgotten about it. We've done one or two pieces, I think, on it since. Lo and behold, when the finance bill was announced yesterday, there in the middle of the finance bill, it wasn't announced in the budget speech, but slipped into the finance bill was the decision to increase certain food supplements, not by 23%, but by 13.5%, which is still a big increase when you think it's going from zero That rate to thirteen point five percent, and then when I tried started to look into it yesterday, when I realised it's not all, but that bit sneaky putting it in. And now I know this happens every year. Things go into the finance bill that doesn't get included in the actual budget speech uh, itself but really the fact that this is a VAT increase I do think it should have been included in the, budge- in the budget speech because I think it, went, it kind of went in a little bit under the radar by just announcing it in the finance bill. Anyway uh, so it's 13.5% but then when I looked into it more yesterday it's on certain food supplements so I'm trying to find out and work out what are the food supplements, what are not the food supplements so we'll, we'll talk about that but I know that will come as a shock because a lot of our listeners were very angered when the 23% was admitted. Do you take some comfort that it isn't 23%, it is 13.5%, which I still think is a big, big uh, increase. There's also, of course, another increase coming in for everybody living in the county. The local property tax uh, for next year is to increase by 5%. That was the decision taken by the councillors at Cork County Council. So the question is now being asked, with extra money coming into the council, should the local councillors themselves, there's 55 of them on Cork County Council, should they have an individual say around a certain pocket of money as to how it should be spent in their area the theory being that these are the councillors that are on the ground they're listening to the people they're constantly hearing from you know neighbourhoods about you know what's needed whether you know there's something needs to be done like maybe a speed bump needs to be needs to be put in or better lighting needs to be put in in an area or there's potholes you know so they're the ones who are at the coal phase so they know so should they be given this kind of pool of money and told off you go Spend it as you want, with transparency, obviously. So we're going to talk about that uh, today. About 20 past 11 today, the wonderful Alice Taylor will join us. I smile instantly when I say her name because I always look forward to my chats with uh, Alice. She's yet again done it with another book. And this book is called As Time Goes By. And it reflects on all of last year, the entire year of 2018, which was a very special year for our Alice Taylor because Alice had uh, her 80th birthday in 2018 and she got this wonderful... She decided to journal the full year and then lo and behold it became a book. I don't know when... And I'll ask her this. I don't know when she started to fill in this journal or this log... Did she have in the back of her mind that she'd turn it into a book? It'll be, I'd I'll, I'll be interested to answer that. But it's beautiful. Another gorgeous book. And again, as Alice's books of late have been, they're more than just a book. They're filled with the most amazing photographs from her home and her treasures. And they're just some of the pictures you just want to jump into them they're just stunning 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 book and with details of two Christmas candlelight concerts that are going ahead in uh, Mallow uh, in December and it being Friday Mark Malone will join us Uh, we'll take a look at some movies some suggestions for you after half past 12 today 1850 333103 Bernie's taking your calls if you want to call us text or WhatsApp 0862 one oh three one oh three. Some of your texting coming in. Catherine says morning Patricia, yes, that is true about the full driver's license. You still have to have somebody with you while driving until you have your full license in your hand. I was told that actually, says Catherine, by my driving instructor just before I did my test and then when I applied for my full driver's license, the guy in the driving license uh centre that day told me the same thing says Catherine Okay, so it looks like it is standard procedure so it's good to share it because not everybody seems to be aware of that thank you for your text Catherine and Mary said on car insurance for young people now here's a good example 18 year old son named driver for 12 months full licence got his own insurance on a 1 litre 171 car fully comprehensive for 1481 now I think that's not too bad. I read for an 18-year-old, one litre, 171. Now, how did he get it for 1,480 when you're, when you're looking at the quotes of 4,800 and 4,500, which, by the way, is the highest quotes we've heard of for young, young drivers. That's a huge, huge difference. How did he get it? Mary says, by adding a parent as a named driver, that reduces the premium. And it was with AXA insurance. The fact that the car is relatively new, said Mary also uh, helped and also Mary says her son's driving will be monitored with a nap Which she says, no harm at all with young drivers, so as not to let them pick up bad habits. He will get 5% back for good driving behaviour, says Mary. So AXA for those young drivers, certainly worth uh, looking at. And Martin in Formoy, not a fan of the young drivers. Hi, Patricia, on the matter of the car insurance, I think it's just stupid. I have seen lots of young drivers doing stupid things while they drive in their way too big cars cars that they cannot seem to handle. And of course, when they pass their test, they think they are mighty drivers when in reality, they can't drive at all. I've seen a learner driver every day making so many mistakes. And one learner driver in particular has a person sitting in the passenger seat, but that person doesn't drive, doesn't have a licence and never actually owned a car. I can't understand why they're able to drive and not be caught by Angar the This sort of thing is why car insurance is so high. By the way, Patricia, I have a full licence with over 20 years driving experience. I've never had an accident and I've never had any problems with my driving. Uh, so says Martin Infamoy. But Martin Infamoy, you were once a young driver yourself. And I wonder when you were a young driver with 20 years ago, were other older people looking at you thinking that you weren't very experienced and that you weren't a very good driver I absolutely will accept there will be some young drivers who do crazy stupid things out on the road and that fascination with doing donuts and burning up the road at night absolutely hates it it drives me insane and it's so unfair because it's frightening people who live in rural areas and in particular older people. But you can't say that all young drivers are driving in cars that are too big or in driving in cars that they can't handle because the very same can be said and is whenever we bring up this issue, you will have somebody come on straight away and say, what about older drivers? You can have some older drivers out there who are also dangerous on the road. And again, you can't tar all older drivers because you'll have some older drivers who are very safe, careful highly experienced drivers who've never been involved in an accident, but you'll have some older drivers who are driving a bit cautiously. Uh, Maybe they're not as sharp as they once were. Maybe they were never good drivers and they brought these bad habits with them all of their driving life. So we can't tire everyone with the one brush. And just because you think there are some young drivers in your area who are irresponsible drivers, that doesn't mean every young driver right throughout the country should be penalised with high insurance premiums. Thank you for your text to 0862103103.
2: Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103. Now
4: earlier this year revenue deferred the planned application of VAT on food supplements which was to take effect on the 1st of March. The issue hasn't gone away and yesterday the Minister for Finance Pascal Donohu announced in the finance bill that certain food supplements will now see VAT added on. Joining me from the Irish Health Trade Association is their General Secretary, uh, Phil Costigan. Good morning to you Phil. Good morning how are you? I'm very well. Now Phil did I miss something here? Was this not included in the budget speech? Did they they just not announce it?
5: No he didn't. He didn't mention it when he made his budget speech and we assumed at that time because he hadn't said anything that he was taking note of the place that food supplements had uh, with the Irish public and that he was given recognition to the health benefits that they had and that he wasn't going to um, make any legislative announcement but we were wrong and we were shocked when it came in sneakily through the
4: finance bill. And I'm also now a bit confused as it is certain vitamins and minerals, some will remain vat free. Now
5: he is actually mentioning, he mentions some licensed medicines They, they would be, he mentioned folic acid Um, There is a distinction between a food supplement uh, and a licensed medicine. They have a different regulatory um, uh, confines and they have to go through different processes. The majority of food supplement products will will be covered by this 13.5% VAT increase. And that's the the, the main issue here.
4: So uh, so obviously the folic acid is the one that pregnant women...
5: Yes, indeed. Now, uh, in effect, licensed medicines, uh, firstly, because of the regulation, it is very, very an expensive process to to apply for a a, a medical license. So the availability, the the consumer choice is very, very limited. And in effect, up to now, they have always been almost twice as expensive as its equivalent um, that has been sold as a food supplement. So in effect, it's kind of window dressing him saying that they'll remain zero what he's actually doing is is adding to the price of the food supplement so it's the same now as the licensed medicine
4: So the 13.5% it, when is it going to come in? It's uh, going to come in in January Twenty twenty. January. Okay, so cu- so a couple of months uh, away. Now, when we last discussed this, I have to say I feel we had a huge reaction from our listeners who were really annoyed. Yes. Uh, but we w- we were then talking about the possibility of twenty three percent. fat Vat rate. Can we take any comfort from a lower rate?
5: Not really. Not really. Insofar as, let's put it like this. I, we have, as you said, I mean, over 70,000 people last February signed a petition. These consumers, these health-driven consumers, they haven't actually gone away. Uh, there has been 0% on food supplements since the early 70s, and they have health benefits. And the 23% came from revenue. While we were talking to politicians last February all through the year, there didn't seem to be any appetite from a political point of view to make any change. This is totally revenue driven and they had administrative problems and the simple solution for them was to make a declaration last December to put 23% on. So really... The the minister is is taking revenues advice. We don't believe it is actually politically motivated. The um, finance uh, committee, where our members were actually... There was a very lively um, television discussion there, there was two I weeks saw, ago. Yeah, I saw it. And, and you, you would have seen yourself that even the chairperson of the Finance Committee uh, was very supportive of keeping the status at, 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 at 0% and not introducing a tax. So we really don't think that it is politically motivated, even though the minister has the power to do something about it. And people should still tell their politicians, tell the minister that he shouldn't be following revenues advice
4: and are you worried how your industry will be affected by brexit i mean we're we're close to a deal but we still don't have a deal and even when we if we do get a deal on saturday it's going to be a four year transition period well, but how would your industry be affected by Brexit? Well, well,
5: well firstly, you, you know, when we started our conversation just there this morning, you, you said about that he didn't introduce it in in the in the, the budget speech, yeah. um, and we took solace in that because he has always said that it uh, it was a Brexit budget, it was a No Deal Brexit budget. He wanted to protect people, so there there is that extra shock. Of course, our our our, our members will, will will be worried about that. If there is no deal, if there is uh, tariffs coming in, you're talking about tar- tariffs 13.5%. Um, there are health stores and pharmacies uh, in every small town in Ireland. Mm. And we all know the, the impact that, you know, people le- leaving r- r- rural areas, uh, shops closing down, the economy isn't as buzzing maybe as people would w- would imply that it actually is. So this will have a huge impact. People won't be able to afford to do what they used to do. So they'll buy less. Do
4: you, so, do, you, do you, would a lot of the products come from England, come um,
5: from UK? Th- there would be a reasonable amount of product coming in from the UK, yes okay. indeed, All because right. p- particularly because of the um, the regulation and the cost to set up um, manufacturing businesses here is cost preventative. So a lot of the, the product coming in is actually coming across the waters.
4: So a real fear now, Phil, and the same fear that we spoke about when we first started highlighting this last year, is we'll see a decline in health supplements, and that will have a knock-on effect on people's health.
5: It will have a knock-on effect on people's health. I mean, I believe last September, um, the, the, the 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 health budget was in the region of sixteen point two billion. Now we have very conscious uh, health conscious consumers. We did a survey there and. Um, about a year and a half ago and 71% of the Irish people uh, said that they actually take supplements all year round so we're interfering with their consumer choice we're putting an obstacle in place for them to ca- take care of their own health and actually that's actually also going against the government's own policy their healthy ireland initiative that they set up some, some while back but there's also the danger that people will go online um, and the products unregulated
4: that, products, unregulated—that—that
5: yeah. that is a huge fear. I mean, that—that that is a huge fear. You can go into your health store and you can actually talk to your your your, your health store uh, person that you have built up a, a, a rapport with, and you can have a chat. Um, but driving people online, taking you know business away from 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 the towns, it makes no sense. But it makes no sense from a health point of view to put an obstacle in place for people who don't want to end up in the doctor. After surgery. They don't want to end up in the A and E. Um, it is it's just. It makes no practical sense.
4: OK, then as you mentioned, 70,000 people signed that petition and there there was a lot of support against the original proposal. Do you expect to see that same level of, of support, especially for members of the I public? Think
5: I, I, I think if I were to be honest, I think people are reeling with disbelief that this has actually happened. Um, but we certainly, we are going to, to fight it. We're not going to take this sit, sitting down. And I would say to all your, your, your listeners, you know, um, that the Minister still has... The, he, this does not have to go through politicians can actually object they can say they, they don't actually want it and we ha- we know that we have cross party support for our campaign so you know um, this isn't something that has to go away still time to we fight can it. still rally the troops
4: okay. as we <laughs> say alright Phil listen thank you for that and thanks you're for joining us you're very welcome and thank you go- for listening good thank morning you. to you Take that care. is uh, Phil Costigan who is the General Secretary of the Irish Health Trade Association with the news it was announced in the final Finance bill yesterday wasn't included in the budget speech last week by Pascal Dunne. Who I suppose he had too much else to include in it. That VAT on certain food items will go up will be introduced at thirteen point five percent. It goes up to thirteen point five percent because it's a zero at the moment, and it comes in on the first of uh, January next eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Bernie, taking your calls, text, WhatsApp, oh eight six two one zero three one zero three.
2: Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086
4: 103, 103 Now with the local property tax rising by 5% for homeowners under the remit of Cork County Council this year, West Cork Councillor Danny Collins has suggested that each of the 55 county councillors should have access to spend €30,000 in their own district. And Councillor Danny Collins joins me with uh, more on this topic. Good morning you Danny. Good morning. um why do you feel an individual allocation to each councillor would be a worthwhile proposal?
1: Well I'd like to say senator anyway first I, I voted against the local property tax rise which um a lot of people in my area here have been really distraught about because quite honest they're been taxed left, right, and center like um every day so basically look I voted against this and was voted in um, by um by a couple of votes at the end. And basically, look, we're going to get £1.5 million out of this um, um, local property tax rise of 5%. And basically, I just came up with the idea that, like, each councillor, like, we're the people on the ground. We're out there every day. I was back in areas such as Ali's and IRE's yesterday looking at issues. And, like, there's small issues back there, which 30,000, if each councillor got, that we could work with and and basically um, start out these issues.
4: Would each councillor, though, Danny, not be plagued by local constituents looking for some of the money for... And they'll all have a worthy cause in their area?
1: Yes, maybe we would. But basically, like the way I look at it here, that's what we were elected for. We were elected to represent the people. And that's what I, what I, inti- I intended to do when I was co-opted, number one, by my brother's, from my brother's seat um, three years ago. And now, um, since Switzerland was re-elected... Um, I'm there for the people and see like there's little issues out there. Like, just say um, there's a pier back in, in Zetland Pier back outside Blengariff. Yeah, that pier has been closed for uh, all summer because of health and safety issues. Uh, five, ten thousand will go a lot. Um, um, sorting this out. But basically, what we are being told, the money isn't there, and we have to wait and see what's happening. This pier was closed, and it's a big, meaty area during the summer for 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 the tourists, tourists and the locals back there. And people are ringing me constantly, when are you going to get the funding? And, like, if we got this funding, just say, I was proposing as well that each, like, we'd have to bring it to our MD meetings and say, right, Zetland Peer is going to cost so much money. Why can't we just take, um like, maybe three or four councillors get together and take so much money out of their, account, their, their, their allocation and basically use it on Zetland Peer? There's other issues. You have um, back in Skull. You have the playground at the moment, which is a, is a major health and safety issue. There's, um, the, the, the games back there are really damaged. They're um, boarded up and it's in a bad size. and basically it's not being used. And like, you have too. Um, no, but they're issues.
4: all sort of smaller jobs.
1: Yes, and these are the jobs, um, Patricia, that I'm getting phone calls about every day. And th- these are the things that people people think what, what people want to get done. And like that's where the thirty thousand will come in.
4: All right, but it would be utterly transparent. I take it. I mean, it would oh, be that yes. each councillor would just be handed thirty thousand, and way off you go and spend it.
1: No, 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 no. What have everything has to be transparent. It has to be brought up at an M D meeting. Um, if the rest of the councillors agreed and voted it in, basically, like they say, if there's a small job or a big job, whatever, that's how it be passed. And at the end of the year, of course, transparency would have to be there. Just a list of what jobs your thirty thousand was used for.
4: All right, but I take it that the councillors, Danny, who voted for the 5% extra, which, which as you say, will raise €1.5 million euro for the council, they already have plans. That's That money's already earmarked, I take it, at this stage.
2: Well,
1: I suppose it is, but, like, we're, like, basically, like, there's... Like, as I said earlier, we are the people on the ground, and, like, we see the issues, like, you know what I mean? And... um this I've spoken to councillors. This 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 um it's called the councillor allocation fund. I've spoken to councillors from Kerry, yeah. and Cork City, who have, have this fund, and it works perfectly for them. I even I was at a meeting down in Trilly yesterday. Um, held four meeting, and I spoke to a couple of councillors down there from the Kerry um council, and they this is this is a great fund for us that we can get small minor jobs done, whatever like. It's, they, look, they look at it as minor, but like it's still maybe they could cost five, dollars 15000 and we, we, we can use it in that right.
4: That well, it's minor, but it's major to a small rural community. It's going to make, you know, when, the, when a little job like that is done, it might seem like a little job to County Hall, but it's huge in a rural area.
1: A massive in a rural area. Like as I said there, like you have the playground in Skull, which is boarded up, and you have the piers. You have another pier down in Turkhead which is what you call it, in bad condition. Needs, works needs to be done there. And like people are saying, when are these works going to be done? And they're saying, like, when is the funding going to come true? So basically, look, that's the way I was looking at it. Oh, And you're, you're
4: not reinventing the wheel, as you say, other councillors, other councils run such a scheme. What reaction did you get from other councillors?
1: Um, not favourable, really, to be quite honest. Um, like, what, what what makes it funny is, like, one, one, one councillor, um, she said... Um, it was ludicrous and laughable. Basically, like ISIS, if if it's ludicrous and laughable, why do your um your your colleagues in Kerry or Cork don't find it that way? And like you know, basically, are we laughing at them? They're seem to be getting the jobs done. They they have the money to get the jobs done, and that's what I want to get, want to Cork County Council to bring aboard.
4: OK uh, Danny thank you for that and uh, thanks for joining us Thank you No uh, Good morning to you that is West Cork Councillor Danny Collins with his suggestion uh, which didn't seem to go down didn't seem to go down too well at council level 1850 103 I'm assuming we have our winner because just as we came out of the ad break I stuck this in <laughs> Find us sneakily, and that was our cue to call for our spooky town at the Fota Island Resort. We have a family pass for a family of four to go to Spooky Town, which is basically dis- described as spectacular place, fun for the all the family, even for the really young. Kiddies. And our winner is Charlie Duggan from Rowles, Rowles in Mwieland. Congratulations to you, Charlie, picking up a family pass. The first of three family passes that we'll give away on the programme today with somebody getting their prize upgraded just before news at one. And with the upgraded prize also has dinner for the family of four. That's all thanks to Spooky Town at Photo Island Resort. Thank you to Connie, who's just texted in a report of a lorry broken down between Kiss Game and Bohabui. And I'm assuming that that is causing delays. Please be careful out there on the roads because it is a wet, wet and a miserable day. And actually, I'll, I'll talk about the roads in a minute. But before we do, I want to give a mention to, particularly for people who were parked at Mallow Train station yesterday because Margaret has contacted Patricia at c103.ie to say yesterday several people put four euro and fifty cent into parking machines at Mallow train station, but they got no ticket back. Obviously, something wrong with the pay machines. One person even put in extra money in, but still no joy. Another person reported it at the station, giving her car registration number, but on return. Their cars were clamped. The official required 120 euro to release, release each car. It's a disgrace to do this to people. At least six—sorry, oh, at least four cars—that Maggie saw were involved. Some of them she said were owned by pensioners. So much for free travel. To have to come back and pay that kind of money at the end of the day to have your car released. Now that seems really, really mean-spirited. And wrong. I mean, here were people who tried to put their money into machines, but there was something wrong with the machine. It wasn't printing out tickets. They were, had to go for their train. You have a limited time in which you arrive at the train station, buy your parking ticket, put the parking ticket into the car, go in. If you've got to get your ticket and get on to, to the train, you know this. So you could see the clock ticking away and people starting to panic when they couldn't put tickets on their machine. So, you know, somebody doing the right thing, reported it to the station, you know, gave in their car registration number to say, look, if anybody comes, we put the money in, the ticket didn't come out, you think you're going to be covered. So we got on to Mallow train station and Bernie spoke to Brian Gardner. Brian is the Mallow station master and he contacted APCOA. Now, APCOA are the company that run the parking at Mallow train station. So obviously they are the ones who are also responsible for clamping, etc. The Mallow station master told APCOA not to clamp any cars as there was a problem with the machines yesterday. But they, in their wisdom, decided to go ahead and do it. So if anybody wants to argue their case, they need to contact APCOA and Brian Gardner the Mallow station master said he will be only too happy to help in any way he can because obviously he can back up and verify and the staff at the train station can back up and verify that these people put money into the machine they alerted the staff at the train station say something wrong with the machines and therefore there is no way that those cars should have been clamped yesterday so if you are one of those we know of four that Maggie saw maybe there was more I don't know Please, you're going to have to fight this one and get your money back. It's €120. It's a lot, a lot of money. So please get on to APCOA. And if you're having any problems at all, get on to Brian Gardner at Mallow Train Station. As he says, he's only too happy to help out in any way he can. And will you let us know, please? how you get on with that, I certainly would be interested in following up on that particular uh, story. Now back to driving and driving habits and driving habits of young people has come up on the programme this morning. Martin and Fomoy is back on because Martin had been giving out earlier about the learner drivers and they're driving around in big cars that they can't handle and he's sort of using this as, as an explanation as to why young people are charged more for car insurance and then I had a go back at Martin, well not a go, but I had my explanation back to Martin saying, can't Tire all young people with the one brush and say that they're all crazy drivers. You know, likewise, you'll have older drivers who can be incompetent out on the roads, but you can't tire everyone. Well, Martin is back. Siptrish, I understand what you were saying. But what about the Egypts? <laughs> I love the Egypts in a text. What about the Egypts who pass you out going up a hill and almost crash into a lorry coming towards them, driving a car with four in the back and two of them in the front with an L plate up? Uh, driving a 2010 Golf Jetta car. They endangered my life as well as their own lives and the lorry driver's life. And yes, before you ask, I did contact the Garda, but I'd never heard anything uh, about it since. I'm not trying to put all learner drivers down, Patricia, but seriously, some of them have absolutely no clue on how to drive. And thankfully, when I was a learner driver, says Martin, everything was different on the roads. You could feel safer 20 years ago, but not now says Martin in Moy More cars on the road, I suppose, and and, uh, more uh, speed. Thank you for your text, Martin. And Tim says, we have not reached the auto-driving cars yet, so somebody behind the wheel is causing all of these crashes that we hear about every morning on the radio. I think many in the wrong, though, are the mature drivers Taking chances and they they do it through impatience, says uh, Tim, and it's the one thing I always worry about when there's big backlogs of traffic and people getting delayed. I'm always saying to people, "And breathe and calm down, because if you get frustrated, that's when people will make stupid, stupid decisions." That could and can lead to uh, accidents. Hi, uh, older drivers are just as bad, says this texter. Let's just say that there are bad drivers in every age demographic, and there is yeah, and that's exactly the point that I was trying to make uh, as well. You can't we can't tar everybody with the you know with the one brush. They're all in every age group. We're going to have people who are not great drivers today. By the way, to remind you, is National Slow Down Day. That's so kind of kind of relevant that we're we're talking about drivers today. National Slowdown Day. The initiative began at 7am this morning and it continues for the next 24 hours. There are 1,000 locations being targeted with speed monitoring. And the Guardi have revealed the worst speeding offences detected by the Go Safe cameras since the start of this year, with one motorist in County Donegal caught doing 123 kilometres above the speed limit. The motorist was detected driving 223 kilometres. I don't know if my car could do 223 kilometres the speed and that was in a hundred kilometre zone. It was in County Donegal and some of the other bad speed, high speeds that were detected by the go safe roadside vans fitted with the speed cameras as f- so far for this year included. Somebody doing hundred and forty five kilometres in a fifty kilometre zone, that was in Ard Crony in County Tipperary. Hundred and eighty eight kilometres in a sixty kilometre zone that was just outside Brewery. 189 kilometers in an 80 kilometer zone. In County Westmeath, and 190 kilometres in 120 kilometres that was on the M8. And for this National Slowdown Day, uh, the Guardi are keeping the media informed on all of this, and they're doing a campaign via the media to try to urge drivers, please slow down. So, what they are, they're giving, they're sending us for National Slowdown Day, they're sending us updates. And since seven o'clock, the Guardian and the Go Safe have detected the speed of 18,700 eighty-five vehicles, of which 23 vehicles were driving in excess of the applicable speed, and they've given us various examples of 138 in an 80, 181 in 120, 63 in a 50, 119 in, 100 in a 100 kilometer zone, and 136 in a 120 twenty kilometre zone, and 89 kilometres in an 80 kilometer zone zone, and, and that's just what they've that's just what they're showing from this morning. 23 vehicles. Uh, detected. But slow down. If you are a speeder, you are likely to get caught today with a thousand locations being targeted. You have been warned and it's a wet and a miserable day out there so roads will be slippy as well. So please be careful. We want everybody safe on our roads. On insurance, if the insurer would willingly accept young drivers at a more realistic rate for their initial insurance, with the proviso that their policy will be increased significantly if they make any any claims as a result of careless and dangerous driver, driving. It would encourage some of those crazy youngsters to drive safely knowing that it would affect their future attempts to get insurance on their vehicles. That's a rather smart suggestion, isn't it? And it, it's a little bit like the mum who contacted us about her son get, who got the full licence and he's after getting you know, well, it's 1,400 but a reasonable enough quote and he's after getting it because he has been monitored and he'll be monitored for the next year. And if he shows that he's a good driver over the next year, he'll get 5% off the next premium. It's kind of, it works like that, but in reverse. They're giving giving it to you off afterwards. So that's not, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Thank you for that text to 0862 103, 103. And the some other issues coming in. There's a. I did that one, the Larry broken down, I did. I got my electricity bill, this is a Douglas Lister. I got my electricity bill this morning, 73 euro and 21 cent. When I dug down through my electricity bill, I discovered 52 euro and 73 cent was for extras. So just, so just 20, 52, 62, 72, yeah, 21 euro. This Douglas listener used it on electricity and the rest was extra standing charges, etc. Don't you think that that is a bit excessive, says a Douglas listener. So, electricity bill of €21, Euro, that's how much electricity was used, and €52.73. and 73. Well, I know everyone, everyone's everyone been told to try and save on the electricity, have you? And I don't I don't know what company you're with. Have you tried changing? We're all told we should be changing our electricity companies uh, as well, even though if they're extras and standing charges, I take it, are they the same for all companies? It does seem, I have to say, it does seem very excessive indeed. And the Mitchestown listener says, Morning Patricia, I was attending CUH yesterday for a fracture clinic. All car parks in the campus were full at 2pm. I had to wait 25 minutes to get a parking space and then a three-hour wait in the clinic. It was just crazy in there. Signed, a loyal listener from Mitchiston. Oh God, I feel your pain. And I remember, and actually it was this time last year, spending a lot of time at uh, CUH in advance of the loss of a a very dear, dear friend passed away and she got, bless her heart, she was in hospital for a good few weeks leading up to it. So I was up and down to CUH, trying to spend as much time with her as I could and the frustration of queuing to get into the car park used to have my blood Boiling. I mean, literally, my blood boiling because I was on a stopwatch. Anyway, particularly if I headed up in the afternoon to go to see her, because obviously, if a special needs child, the bus drops her home. You have to be home for the bus. You can't just give her a key and say leave yourself in there. So I used to have to go up, try and spend some time, uh, and then have the journey back and be back in time for the bus. So me sitting parked in the car park was eating into my visiting time and oh I used to get so so cross but if, waiting to go into a clinic and then when you get into the clinic in another three hour wait and of course you had to pay as well the listener does mention how much that cost, but there would have been a cost involved in that as well. So we're back to that again. I don't know if that's an all year round thing, but certainly this time last year, and I discussed it on the radio last year. And I had a lot of people comment to say, because I remember one of the days waiting excessively long. I think it was 40 minutes queuing to get into the car park and rolling down the window and saying there was a guy at the top, you know, a traffic person, there, traffic warden or whatever you want to call it. Employed, I'm assuming, by the hospital. And I said, Is something going on today that I don't know about? Yeah, I was thinking maybe there was graduations or something in the statistics. And he just said, No, love, it's always like this. And then he said, In you go. I like, couldn't believe it. And he didn't bat an eyelid. It, it was just didn't bat an eyelid. The amount of money to be made in that car park as well. But that's another a discussion for another day. Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three. Bernie, you taking your call. Text or WhatsApp eight six two one zero three one zero three.
2: C one zero three jobs.
4: Retail manager, retail store manager wanted for Marks Models Cork branch on Oliver Plunkett Street. Part time positions are available at JJ's Appliances. That's in Kanturk. Retail experience and computer skills are essential. Person wanted for construction work. That's in the Cork area. Knowledge of concrete, please, and pipe work and part-time experienced staff wanted for takeaway in Aherla. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie/jobs forward for more. This is C103.
2: Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing
5: however you chiching
4: your comment. 1850 103. Well Alice Taylor has gone and done it again by publishing her 26th book. As time goes by is yet another delightful read and the ever popular Alice Taylor joins me. Good morning to you Alice. Good morning Patricia. Uh, always great to talk to you. Now this book follows your journey through last year, 2018. That's which right. Which was the year of a very special birthday. That's you right. marked your 80th year on this planet. That's right. Were you dreading it or was It's something that wasn't really bothering you at
6: all. Well, it wasn't bothering me at all, Patricia. I always think birthdays are things that they kind of come and go and they're a bit irrelevant, really. To, to, there was ever a big fuss about them in, 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 in my family So, and as well as that Patricia our parish was 50 years old Twenty Jones was 50 years old we bring out a new Shannon candlelight every Christmas, 35 years old and it was 30 years since I published my first book, School <laughs> Through the Fields so there was an awful lot it was a, it was a year of many
4: milestones Yeah, it was terrific and I, lo- I love when you say birthdays were never a big deal when you were a child how did you think your birthday was February 8th when in fact it was the 28th.
6: <laughs> that goes to show how little the poster was a birth is in our house. I mean, I thought I was the 8th of February uh, for years and then when I had to get to birth cert, I suppose for my inter or something, I discovered it was the 28th. I said to my mother, you know, I said, my birth is the 28th. You know, she said, what's well, a couple of days one way or the other? <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and and when you mentioned all the wonderful milestones that the village yeah. celebrated this year, that got combined and helped you to celebrate your 80th. You had a wonderful night last December.
6: Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that was a total bombshell to me because we were celebrating the hall, the towns, the candlelight and... Um, we, we were having it right up to right before Christmas and I was inclined to say, Oh god, it's too near Christmas. you know, we'll we'd we'll be too disorganized but they were helping to have it anywhere, all the locals on on before Christmas. And of course this is what they had, they, they had an hidden agenda. And and they were celebrating my birthday as well, and they was a big surprise, and it was lovely. And you know the loveliest thing about Patricia, we planted an no oak tree, mm. a oak no tree, and the tree is there. And there was a big old stone beside the tree, so
4: we we put an engraving on the stone. It's the it's the Alice Appreciation Tree. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the sweetest thing. What a lovely thing to do. I think that's uh, yeah. I was thrilled with that because you know, Patricia. When we're gone, yeah, those that the tree, only thing that would be left yeah.
6: as a memory really are the trees.
4: Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. It's and and it's something that I I started doing uh, a number of years ago. Good. I give gifts to people of, of trees, and when when my own when we adopted Marcia from yeah. Belarus, my yeah. son uh, Dave gave her a christening tree, which is in our front garden, and it lovely. blooms every year in May, yeah. which is her birthday, and it's fabulous. And I say that to people for christenings. I think it's it's gorgeous because it grows with the child as well. It does and they're so
6: proud of it. Because I remember at home when I'm going to the farm, one of our horses was the same age as one of my sisters. And I kind of thought, oh God, I wish there was something the same age as me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's amazing, like the children, and it will kind of connect the child to the trees. It and did. I dedicated this book to my father because he planted trees all his life. Yeah. And you know, um, Patricia, he always said, "Never wrong nature, or we pay a terrible price."
4: Oh My God, how he right he is! He way ahead
6: of his time.
4: I mean, with climate change, we yes. so, we all need to be so planting and so looking after, after the trees. Like, yeah, yeah. And another thing that you did for your for your eightieth, and you you got to tick it off your bucket list. You got you've got to visit. Finn. Now just <laughs> go back and explain why Bally Finn is I'm so important. i tell you, when I
6: was going to to, uh, to school, one of the leads, went to um, belly finn now nobody went to boarding school that time it was very posh and nobody could afford to go but he was the master son so he went to belly finn and when he came home he talked about this enormous house like and you know the way when you're young i was about 12 it resonated with me to speak because now he complained about the cold and the food and everything but anyway belly finn started um, stuck in my head and then one night a good couple of years ago i was sitting here late channel hopping to you know is that interesting on. The next thing I fell across, it was on the BBC, there was um, a restoration of this wonderful old house. And it was the restoration of Bally Finn. And I thought, oh my God! Now, Patricia, this old house there had been a house there forever. But about, uh, in the late eighteen twenties or something, there was this um, architectural gem was built there by the decor, the, the courts, and um, so it was. You know, there was grand living, six hundred acres, seven gate lodges, to give you an idea. Oh. And then, um, you know, we were freeing Ireland, and we burned some of these houses, but we didn't burn Ballyfin. Finn. Thank God, and uh, thank God, and. Um, the Patricia brothers moved in. They were to boarding school for about 70 years. And, of course, they couldn't maintain it. It's was enormous. The roof rotted and everything went wrong. So then, in the end, they, they had to move out. And then uh, an American, mega, mega wealthy, with, a, with an Irish wife, came on the scene. He was looking for a beautiful old mansion to restore. His eye fell on belly fin. And he restored Belly Finn. It cost a fortune, I say, um, because he brought back all the, the paintings from all over the world, all the beautiful furniture. He got the for craftsmen to, to restore it. It took nine years to restore it.
4: <sighs> oh.
6: And I watched it and I thought, oh my God, wouldn't I love to get my nose in there to just to see it. And they opened it as a 20-bedroom exclusive hotel. Yeah. Um, well you can imagine you, know, you you wouldn't get in there for nothing like no and um, I was my crowd were dead from listening to me talking about belly fin so much so I was coming down with one of my lads about uh, two years ago and um, get old and I said um, "him, uh, we'll drive past belly fin and take a photograph of me outside belly fin because
4: I'll never get in <laughs> and there is a photograph in the book of you proudly standing outside the gates of belly fin yeah <laughs> And I thought that was it. And then for
6: my birthday, they gave a surprise birthday, though I frightened them not to, And they gave me um, a, a big um, album, This Is Your Life. And the last picture, there was a blank. And, and in it, it said, this is for the photograph of Alice inside Ballyfin. And I had got a gift token for a night in
4: Ballyfin. Oh, and and you, I, now, and then there was the big thing, would it live up to your expectations? That's right. When I was in the gate.
6: I thought, mother of God, I'm t- talking about this with all my life since I was about 12 But, oh, Patricia, it did. Yeah. It was absolutely, you went in the gate, you went in, when you see what they're charged, you say, good God, how can they justify that? You come out the gate wondering how they can afford to do it for that. I know. You know? You you didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. Yeah,
4: yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) But you
6: know, Patricia, Patricia, I got to see, now that was beautiful, I got to see St. Mel's Cathedral in Longford as well. Yeah. Beautiful, the, the restoration of these old bit. Now, uh, I mean, said Mills was born. But, uh, you yeah, know, unfortunately, the yeah. St yeah. Oh God, the restoration was absolutely amazing. So I got, I got, I got to Kellys and Rosslyn as well. I got to a lot
4: of places. Yeah, well done, well done. You know. And the the uh, as I said at the outset, the book follows the journey through through t- uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah. But you got a present of a journal, a, a Captain's Captain's it, log. Yes. Yeah. Um, and That's when amazing. you started writing in that, did I you did. did you did you believe that it was going to come into a book? Or was it been done just for yourself initially? What well, was being really done for myself, but you know what it did—the
6: captain's log—and it's an amazing. And I never met the lad who compiled the captain's log, but he's coming to the book launch tonight. Brilliant, uh, Caden by Caden Butler. He's down from North Cork, and um, but it's an amazing book.
4: Just explain it to people.
6: I'll tell you. i tell you now. It's, it's, you, you really have to feel it. It's leather bound, beautiful production, and you. It's it's it, the, theory, the 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 now the, the ideology behind it is what he says is no captain would go on a voyage without without a log, but we okay. go we face into life and we've no idea most of us where we're going. So this is divided into. It's broken down into a daily record, a weekly record, and a monthly record. Okay. And you keep a record for six months. It was only for six months. So I started in January, and I kept it until July. And um, you fill it in every night. You know, Now, you plan the following day, and you say what you, what you feel you need to do. Now, he puts a huge emphasis on mindfulness and meditation. And um, you fill it in every night. And then the following night, you check if you did what you planned. Then there's a weekly record and a monthly record.
4: Now, it's not for the faint, (laughs) actors. And there were some nights you were halfway up the stairs and had to come back down again. Oh, my God, (laughs) I don't have to go. But it was great. I kept it for
6: the six months. And it did, I think it focused me. Yeah. And I must say I enjoyed it, but but you know because you have to feel this journal. It's a
4: beautiful project I, 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 because the one thing about your your books is that the photographs. I just love the photographs yeah. in your book, and I always find after I've read the book, I then spend time going back and really looking at the photographs because you know when you are reading a book, you yeah. kind of flick over because you want to go to the next page. Yeah. So I go back and I look, and the picture is beautiful, and the picture of the captain's log. It's it yeah. do- it
6: looks. You just you it, want to hold it, you're don't you? hello patricia when well, you get it yeah you it's it's soft bone it was bound by the cock boundary and it's all just beautiful for production it's, it's a book, it, the book is the journalist so lovely you 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 kind of met to, to to do it yeah, you know, and and th- did you miss it then at the six months when it was I kind finished? Did. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> I might do it again next year.
4: Yeah, because
6: yeah. you know, you know, to get your head around it. Now he says in in the book if you do if you do a thing between twenty six and sixty six times,
4: it then becomes Come a habit, habit. Yeah, like yeah. washing your teeth, and it do, and it does get, it gets easier then because you just it you, does yeah it,
6: it gets you yeah it's, it, it it is it's lovely Now it's available online. So if you Google the Captain let's Log. I don't think it's in the shops you Google the Captain's Log and you, you'll read up about it but it's, there's no substitute for feeling it in your hand Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know,
4: it's lovely that's it's, it's a bit like a book um, and, yeah. and the Kindles and doing I have to have the book in my hand I and, and I have to have the smell of a yeah smell of a new book there's, no, there's <laughs> nothing like the feel of a book and like. your, your photographs again amazing I mean you must be thrilled at the way this book is turned out oh I'm out. delighted because you know it kind of evolved as
6: the year we're done I'm interested a bit like take it and because I started in January and I thought well if what'll the year happen but then of course Patricia we had the big snow and we had the heat and I remember the big snow of 1947 hmm. I mean we couldn't go out for six weeks we couldn't go out this year for two days and Clare de God had nearly brought the country to a standstill
4: <laughs> and we just to up on the bread that's
6: right the bread was and then with the with the heat wave, I never remember a water hose ban in Ireland in my life. Yeah, until this year.
4: Yeah, but yeah. that was extraordinary. And then the Pope came, and and I, and got, I loved it. Uh, tell for listeners who don't know, tell them what you did in Inishannon for the Pope.
6: Well, yeah, this is what we did. Now everybody couldn't go to Cork Park, and they couldn't go to they couldn't go to Dublin. So what we did the night he arrived, we had an all night silent vigil in the church candlelit mm, yeah. We had mass at nine at uh, nine o'clock, and then you know in every parish there are there are station areas, and it, each station area comprises of a couple of lens. So each station area took an hour, and one crowd went and another crowd came. We done all night until seven o'clock in the morning, and we would mass at seven o'clock in the morning, and. Um, silence all night and it was absolutely lovely I mean it was a beautiful night in the middle of the summer and people came and stayed a lot longer than their hour absolute stillness I remember walking up the hill and the moon was high in the sky and I thought this is wonderful there's something lovely Patricia about a group of people together in silence there's something very yeah, powerful yeah. about it
4: you but know. but you're very blessed in in a Shannon, that sense of community spirit and and it trickles right throughout this book, i mean particularly when you're talking about things like the tidy towns you've you've a very vibrant oh my God, tidy, yeah, tidy towns, towns group. you your bee and you, you did your bit for the bee and butterfly population in, oh yeah, in 2018. We did, we did the bee garden and we've
6: planted we've planted a wildflower. Well, I hope they'll come up with wildflowers. People talk about a wildflower garden as if it's the easiest thing in the world. Let me tell you, Patricia, it is not. It's not. No, it's,
4: <laughs> it's not. not.
6: It's a challenge. Yeah, it's I, a challenge. But tonight, Patricia, now for the launch, we're all gathering in the parish hall, and we've, there's two local artists, um, Jerry Larkin and Mary Nolan O'Brien. They're exhibiting their paintings
4: as part it's, of your launch. It, the launch
6: and the pound out across the road. They're doing the catering, and the launch is in candlelight.
4: Ah, well done, well done. Uh, some of the listeners are ringing in. Colin in Buttevinch says, this is to do with your birthday and getting your mother, getting the date mixed up. Uh, it says, back in the day, uh, people were careless when registering births. So you may have been registered, have been baptised before you were even born. It was very common. <laughs> Lots of people got dates mixed up. That's what may have happened to poor old Alice. Uh, and some of those Alice always loved to dr- to drive through in a Shannon. Alice always has the most wonderful flower uh, boxes and it is the one thing I have to say Alice every time I drive through Inishan and your window boxes make, oh, yeah, make, well, make me they smile. They're on their last legs now. Are they? Fr- <laughs> <laughs> I said I'd let
6: them laugh at the launch but they really are saying take us in, take us in. <laughs>
4: And you write about them in in the book as well. Uh, Sharon says, hi Patricia, I love all things different. And I remember Alice speaking on your show in the past about her nativity crib. And I always said I'd love one similar to have and to pass on. Well, we moved recently and our friend Mary knit us this beautiful set for our first Christmas in our new home, says Sharon. And she sent on the most fantastic picture of, it's the full nativity and the vibrant colours in it. And it was knitted. Knitted? Work that we didn't do oh, That is fantastic. That rea- uh, yeah. that really and is the, gorgeous. The, that thing about that crib now, the children can play with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, which is and, fantastic. And a lovely thing then, as, she, as Sharon says, to to uh, pass on. Uh, okay, and we're nearly at the end of October. Are you began work on this year's candlelight? Or oh yeah, yeah we're, when, we're well we're underway. The first proof out this evening.
6: This is our thirty sixth candlelight.
4: Incredible. It's, yeah. it's incredible. So it's
6: incredible. It's great. Well, we're, we're so proud of the What's tonight.
4: the plan for the launch of the book tonight? Oh, yeah.
6: We, uh, do you know who's launched? Elmarie Moore. You know, hosted. Our
4: wonderful Elmarie,
6: And we're delighted Elmarie's is back up and running. She's great. And she's, she's great. great. So she's doing the launch tonight. And it's an all-female cast. Okay. Because um, the Frankfurt Book Fair are, are, is on. So Michael O'Brien and Ivan are gone to Germany. So it's it's uh, Emma who takes the photographs will be the launch. Uh, which, which 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 is Elmer is doing the launch, but Emma will be there for more and Eden Elera, she's my she's the edits my books. such such so to a whole women outfit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and is, is it open to all? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And you've got a lot. You've got a lot of new houses went up in Inishallen since. And since we're you've hoping. You and know, are people starting to mix? They are. Great. You know, they're in
6: the they're in the belly robbers, they're in the scouts, and Brilliant. we make a huge effort to try to bring them into things. And they you know it's great because they come to live in a village, and a village has a special ethos. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, oh, yeah, we, we, we yeah, we we we, we just, uh, but, you know, if, Patricia, if you move into a new place and you don't come outside your door and mix, you'll stay inside your door.
4: That's true. And that's I mean, and you had to do it. I know it was a oh different you era. you had to do it. But you, 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 that's what you have to do. Yeah, if you come out and the and the locals are, are you know, very
6: welcoming, but they, they're very conscious that they don't want to intrude either. Yeah. You
4: know, but it's the, it's the same with everyone when we talk about rural isolation and people yeah. feeling isolated. There's a big beautiful world out there, people just have to get out.
6: Oh yeah, get out. And yeah. I'd say like in a Shannon tonight, if you feel like coming down to the parish hall at half seven, come down. Yeah,
4: you'll be made. And you'd be in.
6: made. you know, don't think you have to have an invitation. It's all about the community.
4: You'd be made to me feel yeah, yeah, more, we more do, than welcome. And they
6: found out they do super catering. Normally I don't get to eat it at all because there's so much going on. But, <laughs> it, but all, the, all the guests say, oh my God, the catering, the, the, the little you know, the little bits of, um, what do you call them? Fancy names for all these. The
4: hors d'oeuvres,
6: the little, nibbles. Little bits like, yeah. <laughs> and wine and all the rest of it. What, what would your
4: parents have made of those nibbly bits?
6: Well, I could imagine my father, I mean, we were eating bacon and cabbage, um, um, you know, and uh, I, th- I, I laughed like when I looked at Bellyfin fin I thought, along with some Bellyfin and she was And
4: my final question to you, was it a goose or a gander? Oh, God, that got lost in the oven, Patricia. <laughs> said, oh, Patricia, I, I, I desecrated that goose. Oh, that chapter made me smile and I will leave, let people read it to find out what was it a goose or a gander. Alice, <laughs> will speak on Christmas Eve, we always do, really? our, our, re, our regular hook-up. Um, yeah. Good luck with the launch tonight and good luck with this book. It's, it is absolutely delightful Thank from you, cover to cover. Thanks a million. Good morning to you. Yeah, bye-bye, bye, <laughs> bye-bye. That is the lovely Alice Taylor. The book is called As Time Goes By it gets officially launched tonight and as they say it's available in all good uh, uh, good bookshops it is published by uh, O'Brien Press. Uh, 1850 John Paul on, on it's not John Paul it's Bernie and I must get I forgot to say Bridie in Bushmont Nursing Home and she was on so early I get Bernie to get straight back on to Alice Taylor and tell her because Bridie in Bushmont Nursing Home is listening to us in Clan. good morning to you Bridie and she wanted to send on her best wishes to Alice my apologies Bridie there was so much stuff coming in and you were in bright and early with that we will get back on to Alice and we'll let her know. 1850 Three three
2: three one zero three. today on C one
4: zero three.
2: Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. Oh eight six two
4: one zero three one zero three. Now I did mention this earlier, but I'll give it another quick. Glad to do it again because the text has come in asking me to mention that coffee morning that's going. It's ongoing until half past twelve. So there's about forty minutes left on it. It's in the Clonakilty Parish Hall. It's a fundraiser for the Mercy Hospital Children's Oncology Facility. If you're in Clon, pop along to the Parish Centre now. Every year, Saint James's Church in Mallow hosts a wonderful candlelit Christmas concert, which year on year is always sold out well in advance of the concert date. So this year, the organisers have decided to stage a second night. And joining me with further details is uh, Susan Brennan. Good morning, to you, Susan. Good morning, Trisha. Uh, you're 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 welcome. Now, for those who haven't been lucky enough to get tickets before, describe what the what the night is like.
0: Um, It's just a lovely Christmas night with a fantastic atmosphere. Um, We have great entertainment, quality entertainment. The church is in darkness except for the candles. It's only the front of the church is lit where the performers are. The rest of the church, complete darkness, and you have the candlelight then. We have beautiful Christmas decorations. My brother decorates the church to within an inch within an inch of its <laughs> life, and we have all the Christmas decorations and then at the interval, we serve mince pies and mulled wine fabulous and our tea if people prefer.
4: And I know I've heard on so many occasions from people who went along and who said, you know, I wasn't feeling the Christmas spirit this year and then I went along to this concert in St. James's Church in Mallow and I came out full of the Christmas spirit and I thought, God, you could not get a better compliment.
0: Yes, that that seems to be what has actually happened and it's no one thing, as I said, it's the... The venue, I suppose, the intimacy of the church and the acoustics in the church are fantastic. Yeah. You have the mince pies, you have the decorations.
3: The, the
4: whole lot. It's the whole a, real, lot.
0: Traditional, a tr- real traditional Christmas feeling. And then maybe in the first and second half, we usually have a sing-along where the audience all gets involved as well. Now, it has developed that a lot of people have included it as part of their Christmas celebrations. And I think that's why we have the problem with tickets.
4: Yeah, and you know, you could move it, Susan, to a bigger venue, but it just wouldn't have... It wouldn't work. the same. Yeah, <laughs> the same effect. It wouldn't. It's, it's the magic of being inside in a small church, like St James's, that makes it so special. So, you decided this year, we'll run it a second night.
0: Yes. Well, people have been asking me for the last number of years, would I go a second night? And I said no, I don't want to go big. It's working. It's fabulous. And that's that's it. But people contact me for tickets. I mean, people booked their tickets. La- well, some people had tickets booked last year, even before last year's concert, they had their tickets booked for this year. <laughs> because organised. they wanted to make sure they were on my list yeah. for this year. Yeah. And people on the night said it to me after the concert, and I had phone calls the following day. And what was happening was people that had two tickets last year they wanted four this year and if they had four last year they wanted eight this year and they were bringing their friends and what i actually discovered was an awful lot of i had a lot of new people wanting to come this year and um we had no intention of running a second concert but when it came to new september i started putting the tickets in envelopes for people and i said my god i'm going to run out here and I went into Katie's because we always sell tickets on the first of November in Katie's. Mm. And when I went into them, I said, "I don't think I have tickets." And they said, "But people are coming in already, wanting to know."
4: Yeah, we were we were ha- starting to get calls from people saying, "When are the tickets going on sale?" <laughs> yeah, and at and that stage there was happening. none left. Yeah. Okay, and so, so I- that I've had it with people and
0: that have come to me year year on year for tickets and i was meeting them in the street and they were running up to me when can i get my ticket and i was saying they're gone and it broke my heart because it is such a lovely christmas night and i'm passionate about it it's something that has really worked in the town and it's something that we can we can be proud of Absolutely. as a town that everybody Absolutely. comes together and enjoys that night and when there were so many people disappointed this year i said look we just have to see can whether we do a second and you've
4: managed to put it off and that's what well, I always I always say to people every year when I'm advertising on the Community Diary calling out different Christmas concerts that are on in, in different uh, parts of the city and county I always say to people go along particularly if you're in that frame of mind that uh, life is too busy I'm not I'm missing out on the Christmas spirit if you go to any of those concerts or even if you can get in to a children's carol concert they're just it, they're magnificent they're, they're truly magnificent So you're running on the thirteenth and fourteenth of December, am I right?
0: Thirteenth and fourteenth. Now Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Now the tickets for the Saturday night are available in Casey's at the moment. I have put them into Casey's. Okay. Now there are still a limited number for the Friday night. Okay. For the Friday night. But I can't put them on sale at the moment because I promised the people before we had decided to have the second night, okay. that they would be available on the 2nd of November. So there's a small number of tickets available on Saturday, the 2nd of November, in Casey's, but that's at 8 o'clock in
4: and, the morning, And it's first, it's first come, first served for those? Yes. And that's for the Friday concert, but you're that's saying the, the Saturday night. ones are on sale now. How many does the church seat comfortably?
0: Um, well, we usually sell three three eighty five. Okay. All right. Three eighty five okay. is is what the capacity is.
4: All right, and then all funds raised go I take it to the upkeep of the church, is it? They go to
0: the two parish funds. We have um three churches. We have Mallow Castletown. Mallow Town, and Donnerill.
4: Okay. And it's your big fundraiser I take it of the year?
0: It's our main fundraiser well, of the, the year. They well run a face in August as well, but the main fundraiser,
4: yeah. Well, it's terrific and I know a lot of people will be thrilled to hear that there's a second night that people will be able to uh, go. Uh, listen, Susan, thank you for that and good luck with both nights. Um, I'm, they're going to be really enjoyable and thanks a million for joining us on the programme today. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Good Bye-bye. morning to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is Susan Brennan, uh, with for the Candlelight Christmas Concert in St James's Church in Mallow. An extra date added, Saturday the fourteenth. And as as I say, you know there will be many, many more of similar type concerts to that one. No matter where you are across this city or county, somebody will organize a Christmas concert in your area if you can get it inside in the church it just adds, adds to the magic uh, of it. it just as I say it's the one thing time and time again we hear about that particular one in St James's Church people coming out saying you know the Chris, full of the Christmas spirit and I think we just all get so busy and wrapped up in everything that needs to be done and everything that needs to be bought we sometimes can miss out on the Christmas spirit which is a real real Shame. So let's see if we can get that Christmas spirit back uh, this year. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. Bernie is taking the calls. Will we do this? <laughs> Okay, you know what to do. I'm not giving you any more on that. Get working on that. The C103 Cork Diary.
3: With Cork County Council, supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie.
4: O'Sullivan's Pharmacy in Bank Place in Mallor. They're holding a Cups Against Breast Cancer coffee morning. It's on as we speak. Proceeds going to breast cancer awareness. Kilbrin Social Dancing is on tonight, with proceeds going to Billy O'Brien of Fremont for his trip to Mumbai in Kenya. That's with the Ray of Sunshine Foundation. Bingo in aid of Kinsale Youth Community Cafe. That's on tonight at 8 in Acton's Hotel in Kinsale. While Fanahan MacSweeney Athletic Club. They train every Friday evening in the indoor track and field at athletics from 7pm at Kilworth School in Mitchelstown Leisure Centre. Boys and Girls from 7UP, invited to come along. And St Killian's School in Mayfield, they're hosting a fundraising table quiz tonight at 8. It's in the Cotton Ball on the Old Yall Road. And a fundraising pop up shop in aid of Mitchestown Cope residence will be held in Theo Park in Labamalaga next Sunday between 2 and 5. Lots of designer clothes and footwear for children and uh, adults. St Clyde Rovers GAA, they have got their lotto draw in Derry's Bar tonight. Jackpot there is 2,700 Euro, and then you get your tickets from Jerry O Donohue. And actually, while we're on to the community diary, a couple of people have sent in texts asking me to give a mention. To just to give a plug that dancing Kilbrin that was already on the community diary so that's already been mentioned, and the bingo on in Kinsale Youth Centre in aid of the Youth Centre that's in Acton's Hotel, a uh, ten euro for a book of ten, and mind your this has been organised by Effin. GAA. So it's Mind Your Ethan Wellness. That's on tonight in the Cannon Hayes Memorial Hall at 8 o'clock. Tickets are priced to 10. You a number of guest speakers, ins- including the really inspirational uh, Desi Fitzgerald, with Desi Fitzgerald coaching one of the many, many speakers. OK, uh, the, the, the Community Diary jumped in on me there. That wasn't meant to come in so quick, so I've got a bit thrown out. Can I tell you, we had our winner for Spooky Town. Winner number two of Spooky Town Nora O'Driscoll from Kilmichael congratulations to you Nora you have won for yourself a family pass to go along to Spooky Town at Fota Island Resort and one of our three listeners today will get their prize upgraded with dinner for four included Spooky Town at Fota Island Resort it runs from October 25th to October 31st no need to be frightened though because it is a spectacular place it's fun for all the family even the really really small kids kids. And if you want to book tickets, you can. You can go on to SpookyTown.ie SpookyTown.ie One more chance to win on this programme. So remember you're listening out for Wendy's Witch's Cackle. Will I play it? I'll just, in case you missed it earlier, this is the sound you're listening out for in this hour. OK, we'll play that one more time between now and one o'clock. And that's your cue to call, eighteen fifty three We've had a listener in the West Cork area contact us. She is looking for accommodation. She's looking for a house to rent, ideally outside of Skibbereen Town. And she can pay up to €700 euro a month. And she 's contacted us because she 's coming up against a brick wall and has i mean has tried all the usual ways going on all those different websites, uh, but having no luck at all so if anybody knows of a property to rent it 's for a lady on her own, so it doesn 't have to be a huge property. Any kind of accommodation, a house to rent outside of Skivery in town. Can you give us a buzz, please? And we can pass on this lady's number, 1850-333-103. Eddie wants us to say hi to Ted, to Tim. No, Ted, Jim, sorry, and Gary, who are painting today and hopefully they're painting indoors and not painting outdoors. Hi, Patricia. I was listening to your chat with Alice Taylor. Alice is gorgeous. I could just talk to Alice every day. I would love to have a copy of that knitted crib that your listener, Sharon, spoke about. I love knitting for my grandchildren and I'd love to knit do the knitted crib that's from Sharon that's from Siobhan in in Inchigila well lo and behold Sharon got back onto us because you remember Sharon Sharon didn't knit it herself let me see if I can find uh, Sharon's see if I can find Sharon's here it is, Sharon sent it in as a WhatsApp. Sharon sent it in because what because she remembered Alice uh, talking about the Nativity crib, and Sharon actually sent it in, she didn't knit it herself, it was a friend knit it for her when she moved into a new house. Sharon is back on to say it was Mary O'Donovan from Ross actually knit that crib. One of my most precious gifts, she deserves the mention. She's a very kind lady. Yeah. And you're I'm well done to you for, for getting back on with Mary's full name. So it's Mary O'Donovan from OscarBury. Now I don't know if Mary O'Donovan from Oscarbury has the actual Has the instructions for the knitting of that crib, or is she one of those very talented people that just did it herself? I don't know. But anyway, so we'll give it out there to see if Mary has a copy of the pattern for the knitting of that crib. That's Mary Donovan in Roscarberry. Or does anybody else have a pattern? For knitting, it's the entire crib, like Mary and Joseph, the baby Jesus, the donkeys there, the camels there, the three wise men are there, and the shepherds are there, and there's a little sheep in the background. It's it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. It really is beautiful. I think what Alice said is lovely about it is you could let children play with it as well, and that's the that's the reason that Siobhan in Inshigila has contacted us because she'd love to make it for her grandchildren and, you know, that they can have it. And, and I, I could, because I know if you get something quite special like that, you might try and keep it away from the very smallies for fear that it might get a little bit damaged You <laughs> to make sure that you preserve it as well. Anyway, if anybody can help us with the, a copy of uh, the pattern for knitting a crib, can you let us know, please, 1850 Let's stay on the help line. Hi, Patricia, could you ask your listeners, please, does, does anybody know where I can get a copy of the book The Time Box by Jenny Begley? I've tried several bookshops and even gone online all to no, no joy. Thanking you in advance, a Kiss Came listener. Now, I'm at a loss because I don't know what The Time Box is from Jenny Begley. If, is it a very old book? I'm assuming it's out of print. Anyway, let's throw it out there to see. Does anybody know where this Kiss Came listener can get a copy of The Time Box by Jenny Begley? If anybody can pass on information on that one, please do. Hi, Patricia. This is Michael in Bantry. Can I thank you and Peter Dowdell for your gardening programmes slot every week? Gardening is one of the keys to mental health. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. And actually talking of ties in with Alice Taylor, When Alice went through the loss of her gorgeous husband and bereavement and the way bereavement plays plays on your mind, it was gardening is one of the things that she... Attributed to helping her get back get her life back together and trying to get back to, to normal I often quote Alice as she dug her way through her bereavement she got out into the garden and the one thing I think if you really get stuck into gardening and actually it's mentioned as well in Alice's book you know some of the work that they did you're just physically exhausted at the end of the day if you really get out and do very strenuous work you really are exhausted and if you're battling mental health it'll certainly help you sleep but it is true. It's it's like they, they always say to try to take up a hobby and it's it's a great, great hobby. Thank you for that, uh, Michael. And thank you for your kind words about my slot with uh, Peter. I changed my health insurance, Says this listener. And guess what? I've saved €1,210. Very same benefits. I'm no sorry I didn't do it sooner. Well done, well done. And and I don't know if that was because we mentioned it only a few weeks ago. We're coming into that period where the majority of people will be getting their premium renewal for their health insurance. It's kind of November, December and January. They're the three busiest months for renewal and do not accept the first premium in. I mean, we we speak with Total Health Cover every time we have them on the programme. um, TotalHealthCovered.ie they talk about that they talk about looking at your premium contacting other either go on one of those comparison websites or ring back your company ring other companies ring around might take you some time even though the comparison websites I think make it very quick but if you want to spend time ringing ringing the different companies then to make sure that you get the same benefits but there is a lot of of savings to be made absolutely and well done and isn't it better off that you have 1,210 euro to spend on yourself instead of handing it over to the company who had your uh, insurance uh, whoever you had your health insurance with okay can I just see on on whatsapps have I gone down so there was a lot of whatsapps in earlier no, it's kind of playing up on I me mean, now. Uh, we'll leave it there for a second. We'll take a look at it in a minute. 1850 333 103. Uh, Barney is taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862
2: 103 103. <laughs> Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103.
4: Okay, I can see people dialing away there. Good luck. Okay. Hi Patricia. This is some of you Oh, by the way, before I get to some of your texts coming in, thank you to Sharon, who was back on to us to say she's gonna track down the pattern for the crib figures. and we're going to put Sharon and Siobhan in contact with each other because it's Siobhan wants to knit it for her grandchildren. So thank you to Sharon. That's really kind. Uh, your offer is really kind. Thanks Amelia. OK, uh, and uh, Siobhan, we can, we'll get that pattern or Sharon will contact you and we'll get the pattern to you. Hi Patricia, I've been listening to you this morning about drivers and there are, you're right, there are good and bad in every category. But, says this texter, the worst offenders of them all at the moment are the yummy mummies, in their big four-wheel drives, on their phones and texting. What is wrong with these people? And they are getting worse. More and more of them are driving along, almost oblivious to everybody else on the road. I've got so many frights. It's got to the point now, says this texter who doesn't want me to read out her name, except that she's in the North Cork area, uh, in a North Cork town. I won't go around town at school times. Am I not the only one talking about this? Am I not the only one noticing this? Anybody else noticing? An increase in yummy mummies. They're driving big four-wheel drives. I certainly have noticed at the uh, particular school that I pass every day. There are a lot more four-wheel drives on the road than were ever there. For for sure, for sure. Are they all being driven by yummy mummies? I don't know. But as others notice that the yummy mummies seem to and they've got very precious cargo on board if they're outside of school as well, but they're oblivious to everybody else on the road and that many of them on their mobile phones and many of them texting and talking on their mobile phone has others noticed that phone lines are hopping at the moment, obviously because of spooky town. So you can text your comments and, and WhatsApp to oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. And hi, uh, Patricia. Was reading this article online, and I know you'd mentioned this week about the homeless and homeless figures. Well. I'm surprised at this amount of money being paid out. Why not build more houses? Would it not save money in the long run? And it's a piece that actually I read about during the week uh, as well. It's a piece that's come out. It must have been a question, was it? Or it was. It was a question to... It was a written doll question, you know, and the opposition right into the government and that's the way they get information about how various monies has been spent. So it was a written question from the Fianna Fáil justice spokesperson, Jim O'Callaghan, and he wanted to know about asylum seekers and he wanted to know how much... Was the state paying out on asylum seekers? And I have to say, some of the figures are quite shocking. The state has paid hotels and guest houses an average of over €460,000. Now that's nearly half a million. And wait for this, that's a week Nearly half a million a week to the end of September. This is for hotels and guest houses and we've got a soaring number of asylum seekers looking for emergency accommodation. So the figures were provided by the Justice Minister, Charlie Flanagan. He said the spend on emergency accommodation from January to the end of September for this year comes to 18 million euros underlining the increasing use of emergency accommodation by the... Now this isn't... This is separate to when we talk about the 10,000 Irish people and and children that are homeless in this country. This is completely separate to that. So these while technically, yes, the they're not counted in the homeless figures even though these people arrive in our country looking for asylum and they are homeless but they don't get counted in the homeless figures that we often refer to. These are separate figures. Underlying the increasing use of emergency accommodation by the International Protection Accommodation Services, the 18 million euro that has been spent for this year, from January to the end of September, compares to just a fraction. It was under a million for the final quarter of last year. So it's just a crazy figure it's shot up by. And that's because the number of asylum seekers that have decided to come to Ireland. I'm wondering, and I suppose we'll never find out, is this anything to do with Brexit? Is this anything to do with asylum seekers who before would have looked to the United Kingdom would have looked to Britain, to England to go and have decided no with everything that's going on in Brexit and are we we getting the fallout? I'd I'd love to know why we're seeing this um, increase. There are currently 1,453 applicants residing in 32 emergency accommodation locations. The Justice Minister says that they obviously don't disclose the exact location, that's to protect the identity of the individual applicants. But due to... And this is, this is the quote from Charlie Flanagan, our Minister for Justice. Due to an unexpected rise in applications, it's up 53% in the first nine months of this year. The 38 existing accommodation centres, they're all of our, our direct provision centres that we have. 38 of them all over the country, a number of them here in Cork. All of those, and they obviously offer accommodation, food, utilities and, you know, they they offer, it's it's kind of a one-stop shop, even though asylum seekers themselves will say direct provision is not the ideal way to live. But they've all reached capacity. There is no more room in any of the direct provision centres. So if, and there are 6,094 people in those 38 direct provision centres. And then we've got the additional, those other figures, the other figure I gave you, 1,453, in the 35 emergency accommodation locations in hotels and guest houses. And one of those, we know one of those emergency accommodation locations is in McCroom. And we know how good the people of McCroom have been uh, to the people that are there. And that was only ever an emergency short term until places became available in direct provision centres or until we got new direct provision centres. But we know every time that the Minister for Justice tries to open a direct provision centre or even mentions that they're going to consider opening a direct provision centre. Local people object. Nobody wants to have a direct provision centre in their backyard. People want to help out the asylum seekers, but nobody wants them living in their town, in their village. And just it causes consternation every time. And because... They're not opening new direct provision centres. These people have to go somewhere. They've arrived on our shores. They have nowhere to live. So they've been put into the what's now 35 emergency accommodation locations. I mean, if that number continues, the number of emergency accommodation locations is going to surpass the number of direct provision centres that we have. But the figures for asylum seekers coming to our shores for the first nine months of this year is up 53 no explanation as to why 1850 333, 103 Martin says this is on yummy mummies don't get me started on yummy mummy drivers what a disaster and a disgrace they are who the heck do they think they are get smaller cars mummies <laughs> says uh, Martin and Tim says I think Pascal mentioned the increase in VAT on health shop products in his speech I forgot the actual description but I think it was late as his allocated hour was running out and he began to speak more quickly. So I could not inflict the punishment of reading the speech on anyone but it was in the background of my mind, says Tim. I can't find any reference to it in the speech, Tim, but I'll, I'll do a double check this afternoon. But certainly yesterday when I mentioned it, I couldn't find anything at all about it. And someone else is, but maybe, maybe, he, did he run out of time? Maybe that was the reason. And Colette is on about the food supplements going up. And just wondering, she buys her vitamins and minerals in a lot of the supermarkets. You know, you can get own brands. Some of them do own uh, brands much uh, cheaper than they are in the health f- stores. The health stores do the bigger brand names, uh, obviously. Will they go up in price? Yeah. I mean, everything, if it falls under the 13.5%, yes, uh, it will. And Colette also thinks there's a kind of a bit of sneakiness, what was going on board. It's like a sale. They put everything up, the VAT, 23%. And then when it comes in at 13.5%, you kind of go, oh, it's not too bad. Brainwashing, says Colette that's what they're trying to do to us. So I did think that because when I started when I realised yesterday that it got mentioned in the finance bill um, I went looking for it then thinking it was 23% and I was seeing the 13.5% and I was a bit confused by that and I was saying I was sure it was 23% so I went back on previous notes and said yeah that's what we were talking about last year and the beginning of this year when revenue came out in February and said they wouldn't introduce the 23% which is to be across the board on the 1st of uh, March so I did when I then said saw that it went from 23 to 13.5 I thought oh are they softening the blow a little bit thinking the people won't be as upset because it could have been worse but it'll be interesting to see I think a lot of people are going to be very annoyed about this because I know back last year I mean 70,000 people signed that online petition and that's a huge, huge number of people 1850 333 Bernie's taking your calls. Have we got a winner on? We, we have our last winner is Theresa O'Driscoll in Balanine. OK, congratulations to you. That's Theresa O'Driscoll, Balanine. Has won a family pass for a family of four to go along to Spooky Town at Fota Island Resort. It runs from October twenty fifth to October thirty first. So while we take the break, we will put Teresa O'Driscoll from Balanine, Nora O'Driscoll from KilMichael. I hope they're under. They related. It. it doesn't matter if they are. And Charlie Duggins from Rowles and Wheeling. All three names are going to go into that. And in a moment, we will announce who gets their prize upgraded to also include dinner for four.
2: Cork today
4: on Scene 103
2: Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment
4: 0862103103. And on Yummy Mummies driving large four-wheel drives Mary Amallow says the Yummy Mummies need the bigger cars Why? They need to hold all the car seats and the booster seats and the buggies the previous generations of mummies didn't need to uh, carry and I don't know if that comment is tongue-in-cheek or not and Audrey says I agree with the person giving out about the Yummy Mummies on their mobile phones people on their mobile phones Not just yummy mummies, all people caught on their mobile phones should be fined five. Hundred euro, People might think twice but of course there's no manpower on behalf of Vanguard Shia to carry out that kind of surveillance says uh, Audrey. Thank you for that Audrey and congratulations. We put our three winners names for Spooky Town at Fota Island Resort into the hat and Nora O'Driscoll from Kilmica. Your name has been selected Nora so your prize gets upgraded and you are not only winning the family pass you're also heading along to Uh, Photo Island Resort dinner for four people that's Spooky Town at Photo Island Resort it runs from October 25th to October 31st it's suitable for all the family even the smallies and you can get your tickets at spookytown.ie we turn our attention to the movies Mark Malone joins us on over the phone this week good afternoon to you Mark Hi Patricia and you went along to see a movie called Gemini Man. And then on DVD, you've got a, a cartoon, which is Strike. But let's start with a Gemini Man. We don't have, no, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a trailer for this week. OK, uh, what's the storyline of Gemini Man?
3: Uh, do you know what I first, heard, do you remember a television series back in the kind of late 70s, early 80s uh, called Gemini Man with Ben Murphy? Mm. Do you remember that at all?
4: It, it, it's, the name of the movie is vaguely familiar and maybe that's why maybe it's from a TV show
3: yeah it was an old TV series and uh, in it he had this kind of watch and uh, he could uh, flick a switch on the watch and he would turn invisible I love that ah, television no, I do
4: remember that yeah it was great I do remember that that was called Gemini Man okay.
3: Gemini Man yeah so when yeah. I heard of this film I thought yeah that sounds good to me I'd love to see that again I'd love to see a movie where a man goes and disappears with his watch uh, and unfortunately uh, we, we don't get that oh uh, nowhere nor, near Hear anything like it, I'm afraid. Uh, this is a film that's actually been around for a long time. It's one of those scripts that kind of gets kind of thrown around Hollywood and everybody at some stage uh, gets involved. I mean, I think uh, it uh, appeared, uh, you know, in people's hands uh, back in 2003 and it looked for a very long time that Nicolas Cage was going to make it but uh, nobody did and so it uh, it's kind of, the script has kind of changed over the years and it finally ended on the lap of um, Will Smith who decided that uh, he would ingo- get involved and make this film and um, it's directed by Ang Lee who's this extraordinary kind of director, uh, who can make a, a, you know, a kind of a, a costume drama like Sens- Sensibility and then follow it up with kind of a beautiful kind of Hong Kong type kind of um, sword movie like um, uh, Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon. And then he'd make another drama like Brokeback Mountain. And here he can also do action as well. I mean, he, he's quite a, a talented man. That's
4: unusual, isn't it? That somebody would do all the different genres?
3: Exactly, yeah. I mean, he made The Life of Pi as well. So I mean, He's quite an extraordinary director with a huge kind of, um, with a huge imagination. But unfortunately, the imagination does show here, it kind of does in the first 40 minutes. I must said, I did enjoy the first 40 minutes. Basically, uh, we are introduced with Will Smith, who plays this character called uh, Henry Broken, who is an aging and over-the-hill kind of hitman. He's in his, you know, in the movies, in his 40s, but obviously Will Smith is in his 50s, and he's beginning, he's beginning to kind of get tired of killing people. Mind you, it took a long time, because he's killed about 80 people, I think. Okay. At one stage, he said, yeah, that was the 82nd. I'm kind of getting a bit fed up with killing people now, you know what I mean? But they're only bad guys, apparently. So okay. that's okay um so he decides look he's going to leave um, the uh, organisation for whom he works this kind of government organisation called Gemini they then decide look you know he's. they decide to clean up what as much of the history of uh, him as as you can so therefore they decide to take him out now we've kind of seen that before uh, in many films uh, in the past I suppose The Born Identity is a very very good example of that and um, for the first 40 minutes it's kind of very similar to that it's kind of a conspiracy um, and, theory and
4: movie. why do they want to, they're afraid he's got too much information Is exactly it? Yeah. he okay. knows
3: too much so they decide look let's clean everything up let's him get rid of him and all his associates so he basically goes on the run Uh, we saw that too uh, some years ago in a Robert Redford movie I remember and so we've we've kind of seen this kind of story and kind of storytelling before and in fact for the first 40 minutes it's actually as good as anything we've seen in the past I was really enjoying it and I thought it was really really good Um, unfortunately then about 40 minutes in it all gets very, very silly indeed, because basically what happens is Gemini, the um, uh, the organization, have decided, look, you know, there's very few people out there as good a hitman as Will Smith. So they basically make a clone of him and a younger version of himself. It's basically him at 25 years of age. And so they tell him, right, you now go and kill Will Smith. So when they first meet, you know, the scene where they first meet is actually really quite exciting and really, really good. From then on, the film gets kind of sillier and sillier and sillier as it becomes less kind of an action picture and more of this kind of an emotional battle between these uh, two men. And the thing is that that Will Smith, even though he's in his 50s, he looks extraordinary, he looks incredible. And so they had to use this kind of uh, computer kind of generated kind of image to try and make him look way younger so, is he, so
4: he's playing himself at
3: 25 as well? At 25, yeah. Okay, right. So he plays both parts, which yeah. is not easy. But yeah. um, and so you've got to double the work. I don't know if he gets double the wage or not. But um, yeah, and so it gets sillier and sillier. And it's a pity and... Then the film just becomes rather, rather boring. There are a couple of action sequences after that where you kind of think, yeah, okay, we've seen it all before. They use an awful lot of CGI in the action sequences, which is a a bit of a pity. Uh, There's a motorbike sequence, for example, which is just lifted straight out of Mission Impossible 2 with Tom Cruise. Only he did it all himself without any CGI here, this too much CGI and there are times it just doesn't look good, it looks like a cartoon and you go, oh, that's a, that's a shame and that's a pity. Yeah, so the film just kind of loses the way of itself but look I'm, I would recommend people still, you know, just go and see it because that fir- first 40 minutes is actually well worth it, it's really entertaining. And
4: is Will Smith
3: good in it? Do you know something he really, really g- is? Yeah. There are times when he just breaks down and that's not easy for an actor to do <laughs> it's not easy for an actor to do it at the age of kind of 40 in this movie and the 25 year old version of himself and to do it, you know, in um, uh, at both times on screen is not easy, uh, but it um, it's a shame. Forty minutes great, the rest of it boring.
4: Okay, and that's in the cinemas at the moment. Gemini Man. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, mark it out of ten. I give it six. Six out of ten. Okay. Now you've got this is a DVD strike. This is a cartoon. It's um, animation.
3: Well, hmm. kind of. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> Do you know what it kind of is? It's it's very similar to the uh, our Aardman uh, movies. That, that's what it's kind of like. It's um, it's kind of stop-go animation. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the
4: problem... Are you a fan?
3: Stop sorry? Go? Are
4: you a fan of stop-go animation? I,
3: see, I love it. I yeah. think it's extraordinary because basically... To For to get stop motion to actually work, you've got to work very, very hard and be incredibly patient because basically you're taking one a shot every frame and then you've got to animate it all together. And that is not easy and it takes an awful lot of of time and a lot of experience, I think, after a while uh, to be able to get it to look smooth and to get it right. I mean, things like speed, things like water, things like that are very, very difficult to try and put on screen. But Aardman do it. And I suppose Aardman are the are the best at it. And so therefore, I think it's it's very difficult to try not to compare this to what they do, what they did with Mottwiles and Gromit and what they did with on the Sheep, for example. Mm. Uh, but you do. You have no other, you know, uh, you, you just do anyway. And I think that's a shame. So that's the chip that uh, everybody else has got to look at. And unfortunately, this kind of gets nowhere near it. Uh. it. It's It's made by a company called Gigglefish. And like the budget of this was nearly 17 million. And its worldwide gross was 9,000. So it's been a, yeah, it's been a huge disaster. And uh, I've, I was trying to do some research earlier on gigafish and to try and find out uh, how and will they ever even survive this? I don't know if they will or not. And one of the reasons why it doesn't work is, first of all, it looks terrible. It's about this little mole who were, uh, lives in this kind of mining community. Mongo. It, well, it's also known as Mungo. He plays the character Mungo. The film is also called Mungo, by the way, if you get confused. But here it's called Strike. And he wants, to, he wants to play for England. He wants to be a striker and play football for England. But he, he lives in a mining town, and traditionally that's what you do. He doesn't particularly want to do that. The problem is, first of all, the dolls that they use look awful. And the first time you see Mungo, you do go, Wow it just looks like a dirty old rag that somebody's found on the side of the road, and that's a terrible pity. They're really, really ugly, and I hate saying that. I really do. And they've put these two huge eyes on all of the characters, and every now and then they'll animate the character blinking. (laughs) It's kind of scary. You kind of go, whoa! And... There's not a great deal of movement. I mean, coming out next week, I've already seen the trailer. You know I love Shaun the Sheep. Yeah. And the new movie is coming out and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing it. And and uh, I think the thing about Ardman is that they get movement and speed done. They do it brilliantly. Here they don't. There's actually very little movement in it. It's mostly the characters just standing around and talking. And there's two problems with that. First of all, um, what they say isn't particularly interesting. Two, what they say isn't, particularly that funny and there's a very little movement and you've got an hour and a half of this as well I think it's very very long and which surprised me because we usually kind of animated and um, kind of stop going animation moving so they, they tend to be about an hour and 15 maybe an hour and 20 minutes and this goes yeah. on just way too long and I think if you've got maybe a little five year old you know who will enjoy looking at uh, maybe uh, the animals I didn't enjoy looking at them in fact I, I could hardly look at them at all I just thought these were these, these dolls were so ugly and I hate saying that but that's the reality of it and um, there are some kind of nice moments every now and then there's kind of a, a bit of a smile but I I found it a chore
4: I'm just looking at a, a preview a, a trailer of it here. yeah they are they, they are, do look
3: odd, don't they? They are odd, and it's a terrible shame. And actually, considering yeah. it's got a budget of like nearly ni- seventeen million, it really does look like one of those little kind of stop-go animation kind of series you can well, see well, it, on CBBC. On even a, on even a, the, on the colouring, narrative.
4: the colouring in it isn't even great. That's exactly what it looks like. You know, if I was looking, if I hadn't realised, if I hadn't spoken with you today, I would have thought that this was some student project.
3: That's what it. it okay, you've you've hit the nail right on the head. That's what it looks like. It really doesn't look as if they spent all this money in it, and. It's a terrible shame, and it's a terrible pity. I'd like to be kind of more supportive of it, but I'm not surprised it hasn't done well at all.
4: Okay, but it's, and, for, and it is for aimed at the smallies.
3: I think the will but whether or not they'll sit through it for an hour and a half I don't know. Yeah,
4: okay and that is a Strike and that is on DVD market at a 10?
3: Some of the little sets they have are actually quite sweet and quite oh. beautiful and I'll, so I'll give five points five. to whoever put the sets together. Alright,
4: oh, okay. Listen, thank you for that. We'll talk okay. to you next week Mark. Uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Mark Malone our movie reviewer. Eighteen
7: I'm waiting on Saving all my precious time Losing light I'm missing my same old us. Before we learned our truth too late resigned to fade, fading away So tell me, can you turn around I need someone to tear me down, or tell me, can you turn around? But either way, hold me while you wait I wish that I was good enough, if only I could wait Tell me something I don't know Did we go close to having it all If you're gonna waste my time Let's waste it right And hold me while you wait I wish that I was good enough If only I could wake you up all we need is it true my faith is shaking but i still believe this is you this is me this is all we need so won't you stay and, and hold me while you, while you wait i wish that i was good enough if only i could wake you up my love
4: a voice, doesn't he? That is Lewis Capaldi on C103 and hold me while you wait. Now, almost time for me to go but I do have a couple of minutes just to catch up on some emails that have come in and letters that have come into the programme with people asking me to give a mention and we always try and do it just before we wrap up the programme on the Friday because sometimes it gets so busy that we don't get around to all of the requests or apologies if we don't get to mention all of the letters and calls and comments that have come in but I do promise you we do read them all. The lovely Sister Perpetua uh, out in the convent of uh, Mercy in Bottevent was on to me to say, yet again, Christmas is just around the corner, and they are once again organising their Christmas party and it's going to be held. They've been doing this every year since I've been sitting in this seat. I've been calling this out for Sister Perpetua. The 1st of December, half past two in the Crossroads Bar in Butterford. As always, there'll be fantastic music and a great meal and all are welcome. And the reason that we advertise it in advance for Sister Perpetua and the rest of the gang is they need to have names in so they can organise how much food they need to get in and the catering and the seats and the chairs and all of that. So they want names this year in by Thursday the 28th of November the, but the party itself. Slightly earlier I think than previous years. Sunday the 1st of December. But if you want to go along to that, the Convent of Mercy party, Christmas party in Botafone, get your names in to Sister Perpetua please. And can I wish the very best of luck to everybody involved in St. Brogan's in Bandon. They're having a tractor run next Sunday. It will go from Bandon GAA. Registration is at 11 on Sunday morning and the registration finishes at half past 12. It is €20 to enter the tractor run and all the proceeds are going towards the school sports facility. Uh, So good luck to everybody there. That's happening next uh, Sunday. And also if anybody would like to get involved in this, it is a boat fishing competition. It's going to be held in Cork Harbour and it's in aid of the Chernobyl Children's Trust. There is a €3,000 Prize money, which is an incredible prize money for a boat fishing competition. It is a hundred euro to enter, but obviously because of the nature of what the competition is, places are limited. And the prize fund has been kindly sponsored by Pier 26 in Balancolic. You need to text Dara for further details on 085 eight five one three four zero four zero five If you would like to take part in that boat fishing competition, and as I say, it's on Saturday, the second of November. And this week on Where the Road Meets Me, and even takes me, should I say, Greenland Mercury? Me. I got the name of his name of his broken wrong. Where the road takes me, John Green will be heading for Bear Island, just off the Castletown Bear Coast on the Bear Peninsula. He will meet with five people. On the island, each with their own story to tell, but they all have one thing in common. They are all involved with Bear Island Community Radio. The island is a partner in the EU grassroots wavelength project, which aims to set up low power community stations in rural communities in Europe. And they broadcast three hours per week. And Bear Island is joined on the project by Romania Portugal and Madeira that just fantastic and it's a trip overseas this week for Where the Road Takes Me with uh, John Green that's Saturday Sunday evening at 7 looking forward to that that's where I leave you for today thanks to Bernie Murphy for producing Nick Richards with you for the afternoon talk to you on Monday at 10